Welcome everyone to the first original trailer episode of Behind the Mic. Uh, Behind the Mic is a project that I've been working on for some time and I'm excited to finally put it to the world. Um, it's a podcast about podcasting with podcasters. So it's all very meta. Um, it's a podcast where I will be moving forward interviewing you, uh, some of the best podcasters in the game, to understand what drives them to start a podcast, to understand what are the best practices, what makes a great interview. Um, we'll talk about tips, tricks, challenges, fears, misconceptions, attribution. We'll talk about everything related to podcasting, uh, and we'll hear it from the horse's mouth. Um, I, for those that don't know me, I'm, my name is Marti. I'm the founder and CEO of Influence Podium. I also run a podcast called Podium Stories. I started the podcast, um, and we'll talk about that a bit later today. And it's one of the best decisions that I've made as an entrepreneur. And I do think a lot of B2B companies uh, and B2B executives should be thinking about starting their own podcast and being guests on other podcasts, which is something we do at the agency I run. Um, and this is just a podcast for us to get to know a bit more of the industry, to get to know the podcasters, and really know the people who are behind the mic. Usually they're the ones asking questions, and sometimes somebody asks them the questions. Um, today, as the first episode, it's going to be a bit different. Uh, instead of already having uh, the guest, my narcissism made me decide that I will be interviewed. Uh, so we have uh, Andrea here who will be asking. Uh, a few questions. So we'll talk together since she's been involved in terms of how we uh, utilize podium stories, how we, um, what are some of the benefits that come from that. And I'm thinking that if we're going to ask podcasters to share, we should be the ones that uh, share first. Uh, so, Andrea, thank you for being here, and I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity, Marty. It feels good, and um, let me just extend a huge hello to anyone who's tuning in. Absolutely. So, um, like I was saying, I think the first thing that I want to um, go over, Andrea, would probably be about uh, podium stories. I think we should give the yeah. listeners a bit of uh, context on that. Um, so, podium stories, uh, just to give you guys a bit more context on what that is, is uh, interview-based podcast where we interview uh, mostly executives uh, and B2B CEOs, uh, but we've interviewed other marketers, we've interviewed salespeople as well, uh, to hear the stories that happen behind the scenes, right? Um, when we watch uh, normal interviews, when we read Forbes, when we read Fortune 500, Think Magazine, um, it seems like everybody's world is great and roses and everything's perfect. Um, and I was very frustrated when I was, when I started the podcast because my business wasn't that, that like that. Um, so I was very surprised when I realized that just because people say that everything is great on those interviews, maybe their world isn't that ideal, as they say. Um, so I thought that entrepreneurs, founders, we needed a podcast where we could hear the reality. Uh, we could take the pink color road, um, glasses of for a second and really understand what's going on and actually hear some of the stories um, that are happening, the good, the bad, the not so good, uh, the pretty and the ugly. I, I call it 
uh, Forbes, but with cuss words, because I try to bring um, that Forbes cast to an actual more real interview. And this is obviously discussed, mostly stories that have happened um, so that other entrepreneurs can, can learn from them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, it, it seems like a great uh, time to ask you the question, like, how did you actually decide to start this podcast, this show? What was the big reason behind it? Yeah, uh, it's a great question. Uh, it's like I planned it myself. Uh, <laughs> I started the I actually started the show pretty early on in my career. There were a couple of reasons. Um, one of them was because I didn't have any network and I needed to find a way and people would not take meetings with me. So I would ask people for 30 minutes of their time just so I could learn from them or, or build connections. And they're busy. They'd say, you know, maybe in four months, but, you know, I'm doing stuff. And, and of course, I needed to understand. So I needed to find an excuse, a way in on those people um, that would allow me to build real, honest relationships, actually have a, and when I say a network, I don't mean networking on the old-fashioned style. I mean actual building relationships with people and caring about each other and making friends. That's what networking really is. Um, so I just needed to find an excuse. And podcasting was the perfect uh, in on those people. So if I, instead of asking them for 20 minutes or 30 minutes to pick their brain, I'd ask them um, to come into the show and uh, discuss their main area of expertise, the conversion rate was incredibly high. Uh, I remember the first time I sent 10 pitches to people to come in, I think eight of them said yes. And, and that was mind blowing. I was expecting one maybe. Um, that left me busy for two weeks. So the reason I said it was, um, because I was uh, early 20s from Spain. I was living 10,000 miles away from my prospects. I barely ever met an entrepreneur before and I needed to find a way to take that and, and switch it up into a, into a positive. Um, the actual idea of the show uh, was inspired by uh, this online media company in the United States called the Players Tribune, um, that what they do is they put out content around athletes um, in a way that I've never seen before. So just like athletes, when they're in a post-game interview, they always give the same answers, right? They always say, like, credit to the other team. Uh, our coach made great adjustments, but inside they're thinking, fuck the other team. Our coach sucks. Uh, my teammates are, are the worst and I need help, but they never say that. Uh, the Players Tribune gave them the space to actually say things. So you have mm -hmm. athletes that write for that. Uh, they made it long form documentaries. So my idea was to turn that into the business world. Uh, I don't think we're there yet, uh, but long term, that's where I see it uh, coming. So, so that combination of I need to build a better network. And I love that format that the Players Tribune does uh, was the combination that eventually turned into Podium Source. Fantastic. It sounds great to me, uh, especially um, uh, your idea that you wanted to create a safe space for them to actually be vulnerable and talk about the real shit, right, that goes on, you know, below the deck. So I just wanted to know, like, looking back at your beginnings, what was your biggest initial challenge that you have faced? Like, 
Uh, was it something technical, people-wise, communication-wise? What was it? Was it a smooth sailing or a bumpy ride? I'd say it was a bumpy ride at the beginning. Um, one of, I'd say that the biggest challenge was not understanding how simple it is to start a podcast or um, how easy it can be, right? There's a lot more to it, but once you understand the concept, it's pretty straightforward. Um, what I mean by that is, as I was saying, I'm inspired by the Players Tribune and their documentaries are amazing, right? Like they put out these five, 10 minute videos of players. They have the best cameras, they have the best sound, best lining, it's amazing. Um, and I, I thought that I had to create something like that. Eventually I found out that they had raised about $50 million, right? And I'm just a 22 year old kid in a bedroom in Spain. Uh, so for the first episode, I remember I did it here with an uh, entrepreneur from Barcelona and he, he asked me if we were going to do it through Zoom. This was all pre-pandemic and I figured that it would be a good idea to do it, to do it live, to do, actually bring a, video, a videographer, um, go to his office, all that. I, I spent a bit of money um, and we showed up and on the way to Barcelona to do that interview, I literally was shaking of how nervous I was. Uh, I, didn't, I thought, Marti, it's one of those ideas that sounds great, but you shouldn't do. Um, you should have uh, thought before doing that, just spend money, turn around, don't go. Um, so that first episode was quite hard, especially all the way until it got there. Once we sat down with a, with a podcast guest, then it's just having a conversation with people. Um, so I think the two biggest challenges looking back is overthinking the technicalities of starting a podcast and overcoming that introversion that I have and being comfortable doing uncomfortable things. The first interview was the hardest. The next 10 were hard. The next 30 were really easy. Uh, and I feel like that happens with everything. Um, so over time, it gets easier, but at the beginning, it, it was definitely uh, a bumpy ride. Well, thank you for sharing this, and, and it makes a lot of sense to me. Just uh, things we we typically overcomplicate things in our head, right? It's always like we exude this horror that things would go wrong, but actually, all we need to do is just take the initial step and give ourselves time to evolve, right? So you have so you you went through this whole road, like I, I suppose, for two years of running a podcast, looking back, what would you say was the biggest benefit that you received from actually initiating into all of this? Yeah, uh, I think there's multiple. Um, the biggest one in a company standpoint, right? Because this company sponsored, this podcast sponsored by my company. We obviously don't have outside sponsors. Every, every money that goes there is money out of my pocket is uh, ROI. Like really, it's been a great ROI uh, investment. We close about 10% of the podcast. We have about 50 episodes. We've closed five clients from that. Um, but the podcast was never intended to close clients. The, the podcast was intended to make friends, really. Uh, so I'd say one of the biggest benefits has been uh, what I started the podcast for, which is building that network, but building that network in a very deep way. So I remember having, for example, a conversation with a 
agency CEO out of New York, um, who we talked about how our mothers meant the world to us and how everything that we achieved came from them. And, and this is someone I just met in 20 minutes in, we're having super in-depth conversation uh, that kind of bonded us for life. Uh, two weeks later, I'm having another conversation with another agency owner and we talked about how we started that when he was 18 and how important it had been for him to recover from that mentally and what's the role of us as guys and avoiding toxic masculinity but still being competitive. Um, a year later after that episode, I'm having lunch with him in an Italian restaurant in New Jersey. Uh, and we're just talking business like he's a big brother for me. Uh, so those experiences, and, and like those experiences, I've had maybe 10, 15, 20. Um, so those are the moments that I take away. I like this moment of vulnerability, this moments of sharing something with somebody uh, and turning that into an actual relationship who will be friends for life and will have each other's back. Uh, I think that's one of the things that I'll always get out of it. Um, and nobody can take away from it. As a side final benefit, I'd say that it's given me the satisfaction of I'll, I'll never be broke again because if for whatever reason influence podium crashes or something happens, I have 40, 50 people who I can call and say, hey, I need your help, right? Um, invest in influence podium so we survive or what should we do with that? So having just a trusted bunch of people that I that trust me, I trust them, uh, and they're on my back pocket on my phone, um, it, it's an added benefit from it. But overall, I'd say it's been the biggest, the best investment I've made as an agency owner and something that I want to do more. That's a great answer. And thank you for sharing that. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, most people strive for perfection, but what we really want is realness, exactly. right? Uh, having someone to talk to and to open to, um, it sounds perfect to me, but like you have interviewed dozens and dozens of guests. And I know this is a hard question, but if you could boil down all of your experience into one ideal guest, what, how would that person behave? I guess what I'm asking is what makes a great guest? That's, that's a great question. Um, I, I'd say it boils down, um, if I had to put it into an equation, um, I'd make it a three-factor combination where the two values at the beginning are more important and that the third value is necessary, but I don't think it's that important. The first value would be a domain expertise. Right? So if I'm interviewing you, it's because you've achieved something, are achieving something, you're doing something, you're working towards something, uh, and you know something that I don't know. Uh, so having, uh, and it doesn't have to be a specific area of expertise, like you don't have to be a paid ads expert, but you have to be an expert in either your life, you've had to make mistakes, you've had to be in, going through the journey. Um, so having something to say, right? That, that's what the main expertise comes down to. Um, then the second element to it, I believe is uh, radical transparency. That's what I call it. 
Um, so if you have something to say, but you don't want to tell me or you don't want to tell the audience because you're afraid that you're sharing your secrets or you're afraid of being ridiculized or you're not comfortable with that, uh, then having something to say doesn't even matter. Uh, so I've had guests where they're like, I don't want to disclose that. And I'm like, the whole point of jumping on the podcast is to disclose that stuff. I'm not even asking you for revenue numbers or anything like that. I'm asking you for a situation where you didn't feel comfortable. Or, uh, what, what was the biggest challenge of the first year? Uh, so just having that full transparency and wanting to share, I think is important. And then the final element to it is the ability to communicate that, right? Because if you have something to say, you're okay with saying it, but then you have to say it well. Uh, so verbal communication skills, I think, are uh, especially helpful. And just to make sure your message is transpired in the way you want to. Um, so I, a lot of the entrepreneurs that I interview uh, are introverted. Uh, the vast majority of them have figured out how to communicate in public. Uh, a few of them are still struggling with that, which is okay, and I totally understand because I've been there. Um, but that's, I think those three factors of having something to say, aka domain expertise, radical transparency, and communication skills, I think makes a great guest. So you put that into someone, and if you, you the host, don't fuck it up, uh, you, the guest will, will do amazing. Awesome answer. Okay, so this puts a lot of pressure on the guest, but we know that a great interview is actually more of a tango, right? Mm -hmm. So you need to be vibing with the guest. So what do you do to ensure a great interview or if you'd like to share some secrets to a great interview with our audience? Yeah, this, this is, I think this is the key. And this is something I'm still trying to figure out. One of the reasons why I started this podcast is, is to understand what makes a great conversation, right? A, a great interview. Um, I, I think part of it comes, from my experience, comes down to what environment do you create uh, for the guest to share? So are you creating a safe space where the guest feels comfortable sharing and feels that you have his back? Uh, it's easier when you're interviewing somebody that you already know, they're a friend, but where you're interviewing somebody that you've never met before and you have 30 minutes to do this call and, and they might be nervous, uh, it's your job to put them at ease and make them understand that this is, uh, that you're with them, that you're not trying to attack them, that you're just wanting to get a good conversation going. Uh, I think the first five minutes of the show are extremely important and even more important than that, the for three minutes before the camera is turned on. So usually I'll start by talking to the guest three to four minutes before the camera is even on and recording and just try to relate with them in, in some way. Just find what I call a trigger. Something that my research has showed that we have in common and deploy that very early on. Um, so if they played basketball, I'll go for basketball. If they live in New York and I'm moving to New York. I'll go for that. Just finding a trigger to find a connection and then building from it, I think is important. Um, and then I think of it as knowing your own style. So there's some guests, I mean, some podcast hosts that will be very, they'll speak as much as the guests. 
right? It's a 50-50. There's some podcast hosts that they just have to ask questions. They give you the room. They go from there. Uh, my style is more yeah, somewhere in the middle. Uh, I don't want you to be only ask, answering questions like we're doing a test. But also, you're a guest for a reason. I'm not. Uh, so checking my ego, letting you speak, um, and then knowing where to add, when to add to the conversation and, and finding that right timing is important. Um, so knowing your style, knowing how much you're going to talk, it, it's an element. And, and that's where I would say makes a great interview. At the end of the day, uh, once you do it more and more and more, you start to find trends and you start, it seems like it slows down. So you have more time to react and you see where things are going. You think if a question made the guest uncomfortable, so you switch it up. You see how you're running out of time. Uh, so just the more practice you get, obviously the interviews get better, but these are some of the things that I recommend uh, to make sure you're having um, good enough interviews. Awesome. Uh, like listening you speak about this, I see there's a huge correlation like with the entertainment business, like knowing your pace, right? being able to connect with your audience, this, this whole thing, like it's, uh, it reminds me of like a stand-up comedy show or I don't know, a music show or something where you actually, you're there for the audience, but you're the one who's behind the wheel. Well, so, it's, it's a bit like an act, right? Like you're saying, mm -hmm. um, a conversation is a beautiful thing. And I'm somebody that doesn't love conversations with strangers. Like my dad, for example, will go out to like get a coffee and then after 10 minutes, he'll be talking to the tables on the, on the side, right? Um, I'm more of like, put my headphones on, I'll put my, I'll put a, a snapback ahead um, and I'm, don't talk to me. I don't want to talk to you just leave me alone so it was hard for me to transition that into exploring how to have good conversations i think what one of the benefits now looking back and i didn't think about this before is i'm a better conversationalist because of this right i can speak to more people i can be on a sales call and these are experiences that have made me comfortable now uh, with doing that and then in a conversation i think it's like a relationship there's parts where it requires a lot of you there's times where it doesn't require much for you, and it's about them. Um, there's podcast guests that will come and will speak, 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 and then you just have to check in your ego and shut up because they're doing amazing. There's podcast guests where you're like, I think you need some help, buddy. Let me help out. Uh, so reading the situation, not doing it one way, um, and playing it by ear, intuition, and understanding what a conversational is, and that it's not for you, like you're saying, it's for the audience. Uh, these are all some good tips, I think, to make a, a conversation happen. Um, but yeah, that's a beautiful topic to explore, right? What's a good conversation? I, I think on the, on the next few episodes, uh, we'll be talking more about that with the podcast host. That, that was a very good answer. And I think that it was your introversion that actually made you a great host, right? Uh, how we think of extroverted people, like you would typically place them in a position of being a podcast host, but actually it's your ability to listen and to empathize, which are, you know, dominantly traits of more introverted people yeah. with their, you know, earpods in their head all the time. That's, I think, an untapped resource of most I, people who are thinking about this. 
I agree. I agree. Um, I'm, I'm not saying I'm the best at it because sometimes I'm like, you, you should stop talking there. Or, uh, but but I, I do think I, I do a pretty good job here. Uh, out of uh, there's a lot of things that I don't do a good job. I think shutting up, letting them do the talk, is one of the is one of the things that I can do well. Um, but yeah, I think being an introverted can help, right? Because you are naturally inclined to not overspeak on them, to know when's your place, and then you're able to read that situation and play from there, right? Like you, you do, in basketball again. I hate to do basketball sports analogies, but you can run a play where you know where you're supposed to go, and then you're fixed, and you have to go there. I don't think that's what a conversation conversation is. Conversation is more free flowing. You read what the defense gives you, and then you play from from there. Um, so yeah, different styles to different people. Some some hosts do it in another way, but that's how I personally have found to have the best conversations and episodes. Awesome. This brings us to our last question for today, and I just love this one. Uh, if you could interview anyone, dead or alive, or maybe even a fictional character, right? Uh, who would that person be and why? Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about this question and I had, you know, the normal answers like Kobe Bryant, who's an athlete who passed away and um, I had a few ideas there. I think there are two people that I love to sit down with and chop it up. Um, I think other than the mainstream ones, I'd say. Uh, one of them is an author called Hunter S. Thompson. Uh, Hunter S. Thompson, he wrote Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. He wrote Hell's Angels. Um, he's the starter of uh, Gonzo journalism, uh, which is a type of journalism where instead of putting the story at the center, you put yourself at the center and the story happens around you. Um, so it's... His writing is incredible. Uh, his lifestyle seemed to be super hedonistic, uh, doing cocaine at three in the morning and going to sleep at 9 a.m. and doing a bunch of weird stuff. Uh, so I just think it would be a good conversation to have. Just ch sit down, chop it up, um, and just learn from him. And, and he's a way to communicate, make an impact through writing. Uh, his books are a pleasure to read that they're wild. It's like riding a roller coaster, but on a book, uh, it, it's insane. Um, so, so that'd be one. The second one is a bit more emotional. I, I like to interview to, uh, my grandfather uh, just so that we could uh, sit down again. He passed away uh, when I was a senior in high school, I believe. Um, and we had a lot of conversations, so it's not like I missed out on anything, but it would just be good to, I guess, see him again. And now I would love to listen more uh, to the conversations and the stories that he used to tell. I used to make fun of him for telling so many stories and uh, all that stuff. Now I actually pay attention to, to what he was saying. So that would be my other uh, podcast guest. Probably not at the same time because my grandfather would, would hate Hunter S. Thompson, but, but separately, two different episodes, two different episodes. Awesome answer. Thank you so much, Marty. Uh, 
I think we have reached the end of this podcast and you have been a wonderful guest, especially with this um, last bit, you actually exemplified the openness and the vulnerability and the things that I, I, we all believe that B2B CEOs or CEOs in general would lack, right? Yeah, uh, so, thanks, uh, th thanks for uh, coming in. Um, I think this podcast as a whole is going to be very interesting. It's, it's a personal project of mine, so I appreciate you being part of it. Um, if you liked this episode, you'll like the next episodes more because they're with better guests than myself. Um, <laughs> I, I think this is, it's going to be an interesting topic. I understand this is not a, a super mainstream topic to, to discuss and talk about, but if you want to learn more from podcast hosts, if you want to learn more about the industry, if you want to hear the stories behind the people that usually are asking questions, I think this is going to be a good show. Definitely is. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And uh, talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks, Thanks, Abril.